Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In our last two episodes, we considered the idea of socially constructed sexual imperatives that constrain our sexual expression, as described by Dr. Emily Nagoski in her new book, Come Together. We then examined the possibility of living an erotic life, in which all of our experiences are expressions of the flow of life energy. In this episode, we'll take a look at a kind of experience that becomes possible when we're living a life in touch with our erotic essence. We'll explore a very special kind of deep human connection in which our sexuality provides a path to personal transcendence. In Coming Together, Dr. Nagoski describes a kind of sexual connection that she refers to as the magic trick. This is something that she has personally experienced, but which she has also received reports about from other people. She chose that term in an effort to describe how surprised she was by the possibility of such experiences. I've also had experiences like those of the magic trick, and I've described those in prior episodes. What strikes me most about such experiences is not how surprising they can be, though that's certainly true, but rather how different one feels in the midst of one. They can take one to a different place, a different reality. I believe that they reflect an altered state of consciousness. For that reason, I think of such experiences as divine sex or transcendent sex. They are otherworldly, in that they create a unique sort of link between two spirits. I've never felt closer or more at one with another person than what I've experienced in such times. In transcendent sex, time stands still, and the participants become one with each other and with everything around them. It's a delicious and transformative kind of experience. Eroticism includes far more than that which is sexual. It spans the world of things that we experience simply by virtue of our living as beings in a body. There is a wealth of things that can bring us pleasure, good music, appreciating a beautiful scene in nature, eating a delicious meal, enjoying a loving massage, a joyous and satisfying sexual experience, and any number of other things. Our bodies are the vehicles through which we experience being in the physical world. In prior episodes, I've described an erotically attuned life as being an Epicurean existence, named after the ancient Greek philosopher Epicurus, who underscored the importance of the erotic. The eloquent therapist author Thomas More has dwelt on the Epicurean lifestyle in his inspiring book, The Soul of Sex. Looking more narrowly at sexual experiences, we can discern many facets to those experiences. Sex can include many dimensions of the erotic. They can include a wide range of kinds of touch, with varying degrees of pressure, temperature, texture, area of contact, etc., We and other primates have a special kind of skin touch receptor, C-tactile afferents, that seem to be devoted to sensing social sorts of touch, such as caresses. We're truly built for touch, and we wither without it. The environment in which erotic experiences occur can vary widely, including cozy and quiet private spaces, places in nature, and perhaps even daring and titillating public spaces. We can experience different conditions of lighting, sound and music, temperature, Safety and an energizing and sensation-rich environment can contribute to, or distract from, erotic enjoyment. The partner's mental and emotional state also has a major influence over how a shared erotic opportunity is experienced. 
Partners who are tired or distracted or who have any concerns or reservations about their connection will find it difficult to fully enjoy their experience. Enjoyment requires that the partners be attuned to one another and that both partners are genuinely open to connection. In my experience, transcendent erotic experiences are rare and precious. In a very real sense, they are peak human experiences, similar to the experience of flow. Both are fully immersive experiences in which a person becomes fully engaged, attentive, energized, and caught up in the enjoyment of the experience. Both sorts of experience can feel effortless, with peak personal satisfaction flowing from immersion in the activity. Both can manifest a reduced feeling of the passage of time. Entering into such a mental and emotional state doesn't happen by itself. Both partners need to earnestly want and be open to a deep connection with one another. Both need to be fully present and not distracted or harboring fears or concerns. That sort of attunement and peaceful and present demeanor requires that both partners be committed to a path of personal discovery and evolution. Such a level of consciousness and personal development usually reflects a personal commitment to growth. Such an orientation favors self-knowledge, well-honed communication skills, and emotional intelligence. Because a high level of personal development requires effort and commitment, I believe that a relatively small fraction of the adult population satisfy the requisites I've described for transcendent eroticism. The value that people put on that sort of personal development exists on a spectrum, just as does the valuing of personal physical development, or of education, or of artistic appreciation and expression. The preceding observations aren't meant to position those with erotic wisdom as superior people, but rather I'm just noting that some people are erotic virtuosos, while many others are not. Those who aspire to erotic wisdom and to transcendent eroticism would thus do well to seek out kindred spirits, who have thus developed potential to be supportive partners in such experiences. Dr. Nagoski identifies a personal trait that can serve as a foundation for experiencing transcendent eroticism, that is, the art of savoring life. In the sense in which that term savoring is used in the positive psychology community, savoring entails a capacity for focusing on, appreciating, and valuing the positive experiences in one's life. Most people have many things in their life that can inspire gratitude. Savoring those things places mental emphasis on the positive things in life, and in doing so it makes those things more memorable. The more positive experiences we remember, the more likely it is that we'll see life overall as a positive and enjoyable experience. There are several kinds of behavior and personal orientation that can prepare us for rich and even transcendent erotic experiences. Dr. Nagoski cites the following four in particular. First, sharing our inner life with those we value. By expressing our feelings and by sharing how we're experiencing the world, we open ourselves to our partner in a transparent and inviting way. That sort of sharing can provide our partner with valuable feedback that helps them attune to us. When that's done simultaneously by both partners, a sort of emotional resonance can be created, making whatever is shared richer and more meaningful. Then there is appreciating the preciousness of time. Because our time is so limited and can never be replaced, sharing our time with those we care for is a precious gift. A partner who has a similar awareness of the value of time is in a position to realize the value of the gift of time that we share with them. There's nothing more valuable that we could give them. Third is sharing our positive emotions. 
As one aspect of sharing our inner life with a partner, we can share our joy and contentment with a partner through laughter, free and unselfconscious body movement, dance, and other joyful and shame-free physical expressions. Doing so puts our partner at ease and invites them to do the same. When both can be physically expressive in that way, the stage is set for sharing erotic experiences as simple and joyful play. Such an attitude helps the partners put aside whatever worldly cares they may have, at least for the moment, allowing them to be fully present with one another in the moment. And last, there is sensory attunement, or focusing on all the sensations that accompany an erotic experience. We can't fully enjoy what we're not tuned into, and conversely, focusing on all of the nuances of a pleasurable experience lets us fully enjoy and appreciate that experience. Attunement invites us to slow down and pay attention to an experience. That can occur in the breeze-like graze of a feather, or the warm, firm touch of a loving massage, or the brush of tender lips against each other. All of our sensory channels are conduits for pleasure, and attunement allows us to open to receive that pleasure. Savoring life reminds us of how precious a gift it is to be alive. Savoring an erotic experience with a dear partner magnifies the pleasure that both receive, bathing the partner's shared experience in light. Experiences like that become the gems that can fill the treasure trove of one's meaningful memories. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.